Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of the Rich Keefe Show is brought to you by Unified Office and their revenue-producing restaurant phone technology. Here we go, now holla if you hear me though, it's the Rich Keefe Show. Here we go, you're now rocking with the Rich Keith Show on your radio. You're about to hear the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports, and he's also a hashtag dork. And the father of two sweet daughters, the leader of your squad for you evening marauders and night commuters. Tune in and sit tight, six to ten, more like six to midnight. Ow, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too. Doing this since the Rich Keith Project. Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content. KWFE on WEEI. It's the Rich Keith Show, so here's your guy. Hello, and welcome into a Tuesday night edition of the Rich Keefe Show, a full tang program for you tonight. Uh, the one and only Andy Hart will join us at 7. So if uh, you can't handle the full four hours of Andy Hart, don't worry. Tonight you don't have to. He will be in at 7. You can join us throughout the uh, duration of the program at 617-779-7937. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. And you can watch the program on Twitch. Let everybody in the old Twitch chat just follow WEI. You can get all the programs from 6A all the way up until 10P. And so I was going to start the show talking about Bill Belichick's contract extension and still some leftover thoughts from the game against the Bills on Sunday, which I am all ears for. But just a few minutes ago, the Patriots made a couple of roster moves, releasing two players, one of which... Quarterback Malik Cunningham. So this, to me, just further hammers the point on the Patriots quarterback position this year and just the dog and pony show that it has been. They have no idea what direction they want to go in with the backup quarterback. So before you or before you even, you know, say, hey, they'll probably just sign him back to the practice squad. You're probably right. But what if somebody else grabs him? What if that what if that is their plan? Then somebody else grabs him. Just like in the preseason, they caught Bailey Zappi. So they entered the season with one quarterback on the active roster. Then Bailey Zappi cleared waivers. They brought him back. He was the third string quarterback. Then they had to elevate him off the practice squad. And then he was the backup quarterback for a couple of games. Two weeks ago, Malik Cunningham, fresh off the practice squad, where he's basically just playing wide receiver, is then the backup, the only backup quarterback in the game. Bailey Zappi is the emergency third. And Will Greer, who the hell knows? I'm not even sure if he made the trip or not. And then this past week, no more Malik Cunningham. He's he's a uh, a scratch, a healthy scratch. And then today they cut him. It's like what is going on with this team? They had they had Trace McSorley during camp. They had Matt Corral, the curious case of Matt Corral, as it were. Kind of uh, oddly enough, he's the quarterback I think on the entire roster. I was the most interested in. That guy was here for twenty minutes, maybe a half hour for him. Everybody else has lasted longer on the team, but 
Mac Jones, like just further proof that Mac Jones's job for this year is super secure is just the the yo-yo routine with all the backups. They don't like any of the backups. We've documented uh, the Bailey Zappi treatment, and I know Bailey Zappi hasn't really helped himself out. He had some chances in games this year. The two games that Mac Jones got benched, Bailey Zappi had opportunities. And I know the team was down 30 to love or whatever it was when he went into the game, but he connects on a couple of those uh, passes, and who knows? Maybe you're feeling a little bit differently about Zappi, or they're feeling differently about Zappi. Unfortunately, it doesn't really matter what we think. It's more what uh, the two Bills think about Zappi. I don't think they really like him. Uh, we joke about Matt Corral, but I actually thought there was some promise there. But forget it. Move on. Let's turn the page on that. Will Greer? Will Greer's actually made a couple of starts in the NFL, and he was another guy like, all right, will they get him ready? Maybe he could be the backup. If Mac Jones falls on his face, maybe you see a little bit of Will Greer by the end of the year. But he hasn't even been active for any of these games. I don't know if he's yet. Has he even been the third string or whatever it is? I, you're not bringing him in anytime soon. And then Malik Cunningham, just when things were getting so bad with the offense that they said, you know what, he's up. They've been working on some packages with Malik Cunningham. You know, what, six games into the season, he's actually going to dress. And he played three plays, which I think is the same number uh, as Tyquan Thornton did uh, on Sunday. Now, they didn't cut him today, but Malik Cunningham, uh, done for now. I don't think there's enough based on what he did in those three plays or even the buzz. I mean, I know he looked good in a couple of fourth quarters in the preseason, but I'd be pretty surprised if somebody else plucked him off of waivers. Maybe, you know, somebody just to, to you know, jab at Belichick a little bit, but I doubt it. Well, Josh McDaniels, would somebody like that grab Cunningham? I'm not so sure. But Cunningham is uh, is gone, and it's just seven, eight weeks into the season, and what are they doing? With the backup quarterback, it is it is maddening. And also, do, like, do they look at this and they say, well, hey, the offense is fixed. The offense lit it up against Buffalo. We don't need any more gadget plays. We don't need any more uh, gimmick quarterback uh, to come in here and, and do that. Uh, so he's cut. Trey Flowers is also cut. And another one of the uh, potential side effects of this whole thing, and uh, I think Mike Cadlick from WEI.com joined us on a lot of the Fridays here on the show. He was also talking about over the weekend that Jalen Rager – has hit his number of uh, call-ups from the practice squad to the active roster. And he actually played a decent amount, the wide receiver. Not that his name was called a lot, but he got a decent amount of snaps on Sunday. And they need to make a move with him if they want to keep him up there. So maybe that is in part why Malik Cunningham is gone today. Maybe he's back on the practice squad. But just that revolving door of the backup quarterback continues. And so Mac Jones can play. Mac Jones can throw four picks on Sunday against Miami, and I don't think he's going anywhere, at least for this season, right? Next season, I think, is very much TBD. He strings together a few more games like he did against Buffalo, then it will be his job. If he strings together any more games like he did against Dallas or New Orleans, then I would hope that it is not his job. Uh, But one of the other topics, and we hit on it a little bit yesterday, of course, a 90-minute show before Monday Night Football, was just this Bill Belichick contract extension. And we get the news of it kind of leaked out Sunday, just when the heat is really on Bill, right, facing a three-game losing streak. All this talk about maybe Bill Belichick's going to get fired, maybe in season Bill's going to go, like the legend of all legends. Like maybe, maybe he'll go in this season. And nope, turns out it's a lucrative contract extension. Now that means, I guess, whatever you want it to mean with Ian Rappaport. I know uh, Tommy Curran 
says that from what he believes, it is a deal through 24, which makes me feel a little bit better. Like it's not this long-term deal because I'm just trying to figure out when and where and why you would sign Bill Belichick to a contract extension. As great as he was, you could also make the case that the Robert Kraft at least agreed with Bill Belichick at the time on moving on from Tom Brady, another guy who was really good and actually, turns out, was still really good for another three years after they they parted ways. So you shouldn't be paying for past results. Bill Belichick has sort of taught everybody that. And so I'm just, I was going through it and I was thinking, all right, how many years would Bill sign an extension for, especially as you know he was in his late 60s, now he's in his early 70s. At what point would it make sense for Robert Kraft, the businessman, to re-up Bill Belichick to a long-term lucrative deal? And let's take it all the way back to 2018. So after 2018, they win the Super Bowl. At that point, if Bill Belichick said, I want a contract extension, I think we all would have given him one. 2019... They make the playoffs. They lose in the first round. But this is also that point where Robert Kraft chooses Bill Belichick over Tom Brady. So at that moment, if he needed or wanted a contract extension, you kind of had to do it. Otherwise, like, what are you you doing? You're saying goodbye to Brady and you're leaving Bill Belichick as either a lame duck coach or whatever. So let's say maybe by 19, like 19 makes sense. All right, you see the 2020 season play out. Where you're under 500, you realize that Bill had no plan to replace Brady because that must have been a fascinating conversation with Bill and Kraft, you know, not involving Brady. And once they moved on from Brady, and Bill, I'm sure, had to convince Kraft that this was going to be the right move for the future of the team. And I'm assuming in that conversation, Robert was saying, Well, all right, okay, I, I agree with you, but who's going to be the quarterback? And then Bill like snore. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. It's like, well, I have, you know what? I probably should worry about it. It's a pretty important position. We had the best guy ever to do it for the last two decades. I am kind of curious who it should be. Don't wait several months and then bring in Cam Newton because he's the only guy available. So the, anyway, the 2020 season plays out. Yeah, COVID's a factor in there, and maybe that's a little bit different. But I feel like if Bill came to you or came to Robert in 2020 and wanted a contract extension, I don't know if that would have been a great time for one. Now 2021 rolls around. You make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. You win 10 games, right? Season started kind of wonky, not great. A nice heater in the middle ended poorly, but still the overall results, 10 and 7. The quarterback who looked like maybe the best in the draft class for that season. I think you're nuts to think he was going to be better than Trevor Lawrence all time, but whatever. At, At the end of 2021, if Bill needed or wanted a contract extension. I think you could see Robert Kraft being like, yeah, this makes sense. You know, made the playoffs without Tom Brady. Yeah, they got waxed by the Bills, but still he made the playoffs, right? So, like, that was maybe a hiccup. Maybe 2020 was just the hiccup. But then the thing that just throws the absolute curveball into this whole scenario is the 2022 season played out. And almost everything Bill did was the wrong thing. Like, the coaching thing we've been over a million times. But the team was also bad. The a bunch of the, the top two draft picks were bad. And even if you want to tell me, I'll call strange starts. It's like, okay, he's also been benched. He's also gets taken out of, uh, he's also gets hurt a lot, and he's a guard. So I don't, I'm not counting Cole Strange as a hit. Tyquan Thornton is an obvious miss. There's some of the free agent gaffes along the way. And then, you know, the coaching thing was the, was the most insane because that at the moment, as soon as they did that, you knew it was going to be a mistake. 
Whereas at least with the draft picks or some of the free agent guys, like, all right, let's see how this plays out. And then that's the year that Robert Kraft agrees to an extension with Bill Belichick. Insanity. Now, if things go south this year, the rest of this year, you would think Robert Kraft should still do the right thing for the team and move on from Bill, certainly the GM, maybe also move on from Bill, the coach. Thank him for his time. He'll have a great day. If he's you know not holding a grudge, he'll have a great day back here uh, when he gets inducted in the Team Hall of Fame, eventually the Pro Football Hall of Fame and, and, and all of that. But like to turn this thing around and to have this guy under contract for the next couple of years, like is that what's going to keep him here? Is Robert Kraft going to say, well, we're paying him, so we've got to keep him? So it's it's all really fascinating. I mean, that was pretty surprising. In fact, my question for you, what was more surprising over the weekend? News that Bill Belichick has a new lucrative deal or Mac Jones and the offense actually looking pretty good at beating the Bills? 617-779-7937. Uh, that sprinkle in the Malik Cunningham uh, release. And we're off and running here on the Rich Keefe Show. Andy Hart will join us at 7. Right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now, the Patriots have just announced they've released both quarterback Malik Cunningham and defensive lineman Trey Flowers. The team had the day off of practice today. They get ready to head to Hard Rock Stadium in Miami to face the Dolphins. Offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien spoke with the media earlier today. He said, quote, when Coach Belichick, Belichick talked about starting over, it's really about going back to the fundamentals of how we do things, the fundamentals of how we game plan, the fundamentals of how we practice, how we walk through. It's getting back to that. Again, Patriots face the Dolphins on Sunday, kickoff at 1 p.m. The Bruins on the road tonight in Chicago, taking on the Blackhawks. Puck drop at 8.30. The Bruins are now 5-0. Their longest win streak to start a season is six games in the 1937-38 season. Celtics regular season begins tomorrow night. They'll be in New York to take on the Knicks. Tip-off at 7 p.m. Coach Joe Mazzula spoke with the media about embracing the expectations. I mean, you definitely embrace them. I mean, you can't ignore them. If you ignore them, you're lying to yourself. And so I think that's another area of growth for me as a coach from year one to year two is, like, this, this idea of, like, surrender. Like, you just have to get rid of the fact that, like, this is the situation that you're in. you got to swing for the fences, do the absolute best that you can, you know, go balls to the wall and, and surrender the, the result of what may happen. MLB playoffs, the Rangers go into the World Series for the third time in franchise history, first time since 2011. They beat the Astros last night 11-4 in Game 7 of the ALCS. The Diamondbacks tied up their NLCS series against the Phillies, beating them 5-1 in Philly last night. They'll play Game 7 tonight, again in Philly, first pitch at 8.05. I'm Stiz, that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ritz Keefe Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, W-E-E-I, full tang. Taking it up until 10 o'clock. For those asking on the text line, full tang, of course, means from grip to tip. When you're uh, buying a knife. You can also apply that to the Rich Keefe show, which isn't always full tang, mind you. Monday and Thursday, abbreviated programs for the primetime games. So uh, get your full tang program Tuesday and Wednesday. Andy Hart's going to jump aboard at 7 o'clock, and you guys can weigh in anytime, 617-779-7937. So Malik Cunningham has been waived. 
the uh, quarterback position continues to make some uh, weird moves throughout the year for the Patriots, who got a big win, big underdog win over the Bills on Sunday, and we're also discussing the Bill Belichick contract extension. Let's go to the phones right now. We got Brian in the truck. He joins us next. What's going on, Brian? They had a thought on the timing of the extension for the uh, contract for Bill. Yeah, go ahead. Is we've had a lot of talk um, past year or so about um, control over the personnel. Yep. So maybe part of that extension was him giving up some of the power on the personnel side. You hear about collaboration and stuff. So I wondered if that might be part of, okay, we'll give you an extension, but you got to give up a little control. I don't know if what your thoughts would be about that. Yeah, it's possible, Brian. And I'll tell you, I, Previously, I had rejected the idea of Bill Belichick staying here and not running the whole thing because a lot of people have suggested that. And it's probably a good idea because what's worse between the two his drafting free agent signings and trades or his coaching. Like what's worse right now? Neither are perfect. Which which is worse? I would say the the roster build. The roster build is much worse. There are definitely things that. You know, you kind of raise an eyebrow out on game day. You know, the team isn't nearly as buttoned up as it has been in years past. Everybody just sort of like assumes and gives them credit for being like this well-run machine. Uh, that's not really the case. You, know, you look at them with, with penalties and stupid things that they do on the field that we used to always make fun of other teams for doing. I've had some real questions about when he's decided to punt versus, you know, not kick a field goal, not go for it on fourth down, like certain things like that let alone how he's filled out his coaching staff. But it's pretty clearly the draft picks. It's pretty clearly this is the offensive line you're going with. These are the wide receivers you're going with. Like, that is the the bigger issue. But I never, I just always thought he would want to do both. And I couldn't imagine somebody else coming in, whether it's just uh, Matt Groh getting more say or even somebody else coming in and having more say and telling Bill who the players are on his team. Like, that to me seems kind of kind of crazy. Now, it also goes back to uh, Dale's tweet. We referenced Dale's tweet yesterday and sort of the wording of it. He goes, uh, sources tell me Bill Belichick's contract, a three-year extension that also addresses the potential end of tenure. Sort of an interesting way of putting it. He goes, although that could be looked at again in the future, specific job descriptions were also reportedly laid out. So kind of to the caller's point, maybe they said, look, if things aren't getting better or maybe in this year, you're getting older. There's no shame in taking a little off your plate. You know, keep coaching the team. You can keep you can you know fill out your coaching staff. Even though you know Robert had to step in and make sure they kept Mayo, brought in Bill O'Brien. It's actually, now now that I say it, let me take that back. I don't I don't think he's uh, filling out the entire coaching staff. Like all right, you can have your two kids on the staff, but you got to have Bill O'Brien, and we're keeping Gerard Mayo. But maybe the draft, maybe next week's trade deadline maybe that'll be taken out of his hands a little bit as well trade deadline one week from today and so they got the one game against Miami and I'm sure if you know if they beat Miami everybody's gonna want them to buy not me I don't think this is a team that is really worth buying into now if they lose I think selling off pieces makes a ton of sense if there's even much to sell like I really don't know what you're going to acquire they don't have anybody you're going to get a first or a second for so I guess if you want a bunch of day three picks, then, you know, then then so be it. But, uh, yeah, no, that is something to consider. Like, would, would he stick around, try to get Shula's coaching record while not being 
the guy making every single roster decision? It's it's certainly possible. Matt is in Rhode Island. He joins us next on the show. Hey, Matt. Hey, what up, Keith? Yep. Yeah, I like all of the Patriots, but I'm going Friday night. Celtics by 20 against the Heat first, first game in the Garden. There you go. like a little, it. little Good. tip on that one. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, excuse me. Um, I don't want to be this guy, but, I mean, I watched the Bills against the Giants last Sunday night. I'm like, obviously, they lost Milano. They lost it. Not cornerback. That yeah. team is just not. They they might be the most overrated team in the NFL. And I mean, it's good. I, I'm glad the Pats got a win. I'm glad Mac showed up and played a you know a, above average. I, I call it an above average game. Mm. But I just don't. I just don't know why everyone's getting all crazy. We're we're so starved for, you know, uh, so starved for. I guess we want some people want to put put it up on bigger than it is. I really don't see it as that. Um, we're gonna see. We'll see on Sunday, but. I just really don't see it as any more than a probability and statistics measure where you're, like, bound to get one. You're bound to show up. You're bound to play a team that's beaten up. The Bills aren't any good anyway. Um, that's just kind of how I see it. Thanks, Steve. Well, yeah, Matt, I, I hear where you're coming from. My my take yesterday was more, you know, if the, if the Patriots did what they did on Sunday to Boston College, I would still take that as a win because based on the last three weeks – it didn't seem like they were capable of doing it on air. Like, I don't know what their practices looked like. I don't know how much success they were having, how many times they were getting in the end zone, how many times they were uh, just completing as, as many passes as they were completing. I'm with you. Like, I do think something's up with Buffalo. Like, that is that does not look like a Super Bowl contending team. Now, there's a lot of games left. There's been years in the past when the Patriots would win a Super Bowl where there were some early weird games, early bad losses kind of thing. Now, maybe they never look this bad for three straight weeks, but something is clearly up with Buffalo. I think their coaching staff, uh, you know, this is now, what, year two without Brian Dayball as the offensive coordinator, but Ken Dorsey does not seem to be a, a seamless transition from Dayball. Josh Allen, I mean, first play of the game, just throws a pick right to Jabril Peppers. It just seems like that was more like a year two Josh Allen type of thing. And they just put so much on him. Like the guy's awesome, but he's just dropping back. I feel like he avoided a sack on just about every throw. Yeah. The Patriots couldn't tackle for crap, not just on Josh Allen, but he was avoiding everybody and then just missing throws. Steph Diggs was open a few times. Steph Steph Diggs also had a couple that he probably should have had. Yeah. They just don't seem like a great outfit, you know, and Matt brought up the game against the giants. Giants are awful. And they didn't even have Danny Dimes, their starting quarterback, their $40 million starting quarterback. They had Tyrod Taylor, T-Mobile, and he almost beat the Bills two weeks ago. And then when the Bills were in London, they lost to Jacksonville, and I watched a lot of that game. Now, was that the game with the uh, Toy Story game? No, no, no. That was the other Jacksonville game. That Toy Story game was wild. But anyway, uh they lost, and that was a game where the Jaguars didn't play that well. They were kind of leaving the Bills in it for a while, but the Bills lost it. So, yeah, I think following them the next few weeks, like, are they going to snap out of it? And is their top-end talent going to win out? Or are they just going to kind of fall apart, and then we're going to look back in a few weeks from now and be like, oh, yeah, that, that win over Buffalo maybe wasn't so hot. And I know they have injuries, but so are the Patriots. Like, I'm never going to be like, oh, well, that team has injuries. The Patriots have their two best players out. You know, no Matt Judon, no Christian Gonzalez. Like, they have all the excuses on defense anyway that they could possibly have. And I know Matt Milano and Tredavious White are out. They've had some other guys on their front that have been in and out of the lineup as well. 
But Buffalo is, uh, even if they're fighting it a little bit, it's still Josh Allen. It's still Steph Diggs. It's still a division opponent, a division team that is above you in the standings and has been smacking you around for the last three years. So I will, I will take that win. But I'm also like, I don't know how anybody can look at Sunday's game and be like, all right, there we go. There's the Pats, and we'll, we'll see this Pats again and again and again. It's like, well, were you saying that after the Dallas game and then the New Orleans game? Like, to follow up the Dallas game with the New Orleans performance, to me, is, like, that was way more telling than a really nice game. And I'm giving them credit. Like, it was a really nice game against Buffalo. They had it dialed up. I think the personnel choices were a lot better. The offensive line, you know, Mike Unwenu playing right tackle, whether he wants to or not, is a lot better for this team, a lot better for Mac Jones. The wide receiver groupings that they used, much better, and you really hope that they stick with it. If you can give me Pop Douglas and uh, I guess Jalen Rager a little bit, like you might have a little, and Kendrick Bourne, obviously. Now, he fumbled, so is Bill going to run away from him? Are we ever? Are we never going to see Kendrick Bourne again because he fumbled? But it should be Bourne and Pop Douglas and whoever else, I guess, is your third, Hunter Henry, and then use the running backs uh, in the passing game. I mean, they, Stevenson and uh, Ezekiel Elliott only had 20 carries combined in the game, but they were doing so well in the pass game. Overall, they were doing a lot of short passes. Like, that seems like a good recipe, but are they going to be able to to keep that up? Are they going to be able to do that against Miami? Like, we'll get into that as the, as the week goes on for sure. Um, because the Miami team is also, like, we're talking about Buffalo being like, oh, they're kind of falling apart. Miami's got the good record. Miami scores a million points. And yet, based on the schedule that they have had, they've lost to the two good teams they've played, and then they've beaten all crap teams. Now, that includes the Patriots, but they're all two wins or less are all the wins so far for Miami. So uh, that is definitely going to be a game that uh, tells us quite a bit. Uh, Back to the phones. Mike is in Rhode Island. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts, and I apologize if uh, somebody's already come up with this. Um, I just got into the car, but um, I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were um, with the possibility of Bill Belichick getting traded. With, you know, uh, signing a contract extension, you see that time and time again where a player will sign uh, a contract extension, and next thing you know, they're trade bait. You mean like in season, or are you talking about like after the season? Oh, either or, honestly. Yeah, I don't think that would ever happen. I I can't imagine, Mike, there's no chance that that's ever happened, right? Unless I'm thinking like I'm missing one. You're not going to trade. You can't trade a coach in the middle of the season. That'd be insane. Although, why not? It'd be pretty entertaining. But, yeah, you can't just uproot a whole coach, and I don't think. But at the end of the season, could you trade him? I think it's possible. Like, I I definitely think it's possible. We've seen coaches get traded before. Hell, Bill Belichick himself has been traded. You know, Sean Payton was recently traded. So I think at the end of the season, if you want to talk about that, or if you want to get not, you want to get crazy. You want to get, you want to get real silly goose straight up now. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you have to wait to the end of the year, kind of figure all of that stuff out. Who knows what his contract, what the status of his contract really, uh, what it really is. Although there are a few guys that, that might have some more information on it. Uh, Tommy Curran was on early edition from last night, and he was talking about what the new contract means. New could also mean that perhaps it expired last year. We didn't know it, and this new contract carried 
into 2023 and 2024, which would perhaps embolden Robert Kraft a little bit to announce that he was courting Gerard Mayo, uh, announce that he was going to bring in and conduct an offensive coordinator search, and apologize in a letter to season ticket holders. So if Bill was kind of in limbo at that point still, it would make some sense. I don't know that to be the case. I do not know that to be the case, that he was in a walk year last year. But in order to satisfy multi-year and new, he had to sign a new contract this year. I still find it hard to fathom whether or not it's going past 2024, even though Rap does say several seasons and locked up long term. Not the indications that I have. So there we go. Now we got a source off. Now we got to find out who's got the uh, the stronger sources, or was Rap being kind of uh, uh, vague with his word choice? It's like maybe he's not wrong in anything that he's saying. Like we kind of kicked this around a little bit last night with Fitzy. You could. A guy like Bill, who's making $25 million, or so we think, a year, could sign a lucrative deal and actually have it be less than 25 Like, the way my mind works, it's like, oh, it's a lucrative deal for somebody that's already established. It would be a raise, wouldn't it? It's like, or it's just lucrative in terms of, you know, a massive contract. I guess that's true. Multi-year is always funny, too, when people don't tell you how many years it is. And like, it's multi-year. It's like, two? Three? Ten? Just tell us the number. I also think it is, like, what's the point of making it so secretive? Like, we know to the penny how much every player makes. Most coaches we know. Most coaches, as soon as they sign it, we hear it, and we see what the number is, and then, like, you just file that away, and, like, all right, that's what the guy makes. Like, with Bill, it's just such a, <laughs> it's such a mystery. It's like, oh, who knows, who knows what he makes? I've heard he makes two hundred million dollars. Like, why just why can't you tell us it's not affecting the salary cap? But I guess that could be their that would be their retort to it is like, well, we don't need to tell you because it doesn't matter. But Robert Kraft's still paying all these people. Robert Kraft's paying the coaches, he's paying the players, and even though the salary cap number might be one thing, he's signing all these checks. So if uh he has to pay Bill not to coach the team, you wonder how that might affect things going forward uh another guy weighed in on it adam schefter was on pat mcafee talking about belichick's contract news kind of dropped out of nowhere that bill belichick signed an extension this past offseason multi-year lucrative what does that mean was that for a coach for as gm was it just more money how long is it is this what what does this mean you think and how do we not find out about this until now you think because he always keeps details of his deals very private and details of his deal never get out and i don't believe a deal now has any bearing on his future going forward. I really don't. I think him and Robert Kraft will sit down at the end of the year and they'll make a decision mutually about what they each want to do, whether he has an extension or not. And they can figure out the best way to handle the situation, what they believe each side is better off doing, whether that's staying together, whether that's going their own ways. And I don't care whether Bill Belichick has a year left, three years left, five years left. It doesn't matter. To me, they're going to assess that situation on a year-to-year basis and figure out what's best for the both of them. Well, that's so much easier said than done. Like, mutually. Like, it's going to be the first uh, ever breakup to uh, part ways mutually. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Stiz, have you been in a lot of relationships that uh, end mutually? Uh-huh. Define mutually. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, I, want, I want it to work out for both parties. Like, that never, that doesn't exist. Like, you're either, you're either going to 
pay Bill less than he wants. You're going to take responsibility away from him that he doesn't want. Or maybe Bill's going to decide he's done when Robert's like, no, I want to keep you or whatever. Like just for the, the sake of argument here, there's no way at the end of the season, both guys are going to sit in a room and be like, just finish each other's sentences. They're like, this is exactly, this is, a, this was a great uh, relationship for 25 years. And it ended at the exact moment for both of us. Like, yeah, right. But how important do you think Shula's record to Bill is? Very. Yeah? I think so. So there's no chance that he would consider retiring. He is getting old. Yes. You know, yep. golfing. He loves golf. Sure, who doesn't? You know, yep. so no part of him you think says, you think know what? So. I don't care about the Shula record. I've done enough. I I'm think he wants the Shula away. record. I mean, I, that's just my assumption is that he wants it. And I also feel like maybe that is where he actually gives up player control and keeps coaching, right? Because whether he has player control or not, the wins keep adding up, and then he can pass Shula, whether he's just a coach, right? Does Shula's record isn't as a uh, GM and coach, so, I mean, I guess he has that going for him. Uh, but that might kill him a little bit inside, too. Like, he he's run this whole operation since he got here all the way back in 2000, so that might be tough to uh, to say goodbye to that, the those responsibilities. Let's go back to the phones. Colton is in Chicopee. What's up, Colton? Yo, what's up, Keith? Hey, um, I just wanted to call, see what you on, see what you had to say. But I think it's pathetic that people are still defending Mac Jones or even trying to give him say, "Hey, look what he can do." Like, it's it's clear what he is. He's he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I don't want him leading a team. I don't think they should resign him. So, I mean, they got to redo the whole thing. New receivers. Bill, I like to see him up top. I mean, it's sad to see him go, but. Um, I don't, also don't like him making decisions in the front office, so it's kind of tough. What, where are you going to put him? I'd rather see a new head coach so they can kind of give the team a new spirit day to day. But then, you know, what is he going to do? I'm not really sure. He's, he's not really known for for roster moves and drafting. So yeah, no, it's kind of nuts because it's just weird that it's, it's gotten to this point with Belichick, right? Because you see it with players all the time. Like, all right, well, the player's not good anymore because the players get old. It happens in every sport, and you're like. Some of them know it sooner than others, and we all can see it, and then it's our time to say goodbye. But with the coach and the GM and it being the same guy, like it is, it's tough because Bill's been the best coach for such a long time, and now more and more people, like as the days go on, are like, yeah, it's probably time for him to, for him to go. And then you get news that he got an extension. You're like, wait, what the hell? Uh, as for Mac Jones, like I, I agree with Colton more than I don't like and thankfully they don't have to choose to sign them right now to an extension if they did I would say no I don't want to sign them to an extension I don't we have like the game on Sunday there haven't been as, uh, enough of those kind of games for me to sign them I want somebody who has elite skills I want somebody that can uh you know throw like have the arm strength can avoid tackles like all that stuff that you're seeing with most modern NFL quarterbacks guys keeping plays alive, guys that can pick up the first down on their own. I'm not asking for, you know, Lamar Jackson. That's a very unique skill set. I'm not the guy doesn't need to rush for a thousand yards, but keep plays alive. You know, Mac Jones got Mac Jones can't even pick up a first down on a QB sneak or a two two point conversion from the one yard line. So yeah, overall I want somebody other than Mac Jones. But at the same time, I'm not going to ignore the fact that he did have a good game on Sunday. Like that was that was a good game. And let's see if he can uh, follow that up this Sunday against a good team in Miami. All right, we're going to continue with your phone call, 617-779-7937. We'll also uh, make a couple of bets in the bet du jour. Coming up next year on the Rich Keefe Show, WEI. If you want-
Watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch or on YouTube. Find WEEI at Twitch TV or YouTube.com. And join in the conversation in the chat. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI, taking up until 10 o'clock tonight. Andy Hart will join us at 7. Talk about the news of the day for the Patriots. They released Malik Cunningham. And we're still picking apart the uh, contract extension talks as it relates to Bill Belichick. But time now for a quick bet du jour. What is that? Great question. It's the bet of the day. And uh, believe it or not, Stiz Hart actually texted me in a bet. He's like, hey, I want to get in on this. So with the NBA season tipping off, Hart is going with uh, Jokic over nine and a half assists at plus 106. Oh, I think that's doable. That's not bad. And plus money on that. So, uh, yeah, a couple of NBA games tonight. So, uh, Hart getting in on that. Stiz, what are you looking at? Game seven, Diamondbacks Philly starts Ooh. in a little over an hour. All right. I'm taking the Diamondbacks on the money ba- on the money line, baby. 140, plus 145. Taking the snakes on the money line. Yeah. All right. So, I'm going to go with a, uh, in that same game as well, give me Bryce Harper over one and a half total bases. It's plus 110. Oh, there you go. I was going to say the yeah. home run prop is like plus 300 or so, but I'm like, plus, just, yeah, this guy hits a double. Oh, by the way, yesterday you took Jose Altuve to get yes. a single and as a first at bat. I could not find this information today. I was scouring the internet. I couldn't figure out how to find it. He had a double. Ah! <laughs> Damn it. The guy Damn smoked it. If he stops on first base, he wins you at uh, plus 550, but Damn he legged it. it out for two. Insane. Altuve, that's the second time he screwed me in a week. I know. That was That was close. Yeah, you got a nice base knock. Yeah, we were all betting, uh, and we all were wrong. We all took the Niners, and they lose outright. I know, the Kirk I know. Cousins. I bet a lot of people uh, had that one. It probably bounced a lot of people in survivor pools. Yeah, that wasn't even close. No. With the points. Yeah, no, not, not even a little bit. All right, back to the horn we go. We got Joe in Arlington. What's going on, Joe? How you doing, guys? Good. Uh, yeah, a couple comments on the, the Bill Belichick contract thing. I think that we're underestimating, uh, you know, both – Bill and Bob, when it comes to that, and to think that they didn't sit down and, and talk long, long term, I, I think is uh, is a mistake. I think the end of tenure, you know, talk is probably true, and it probably has to do with, you know, maybe they sat down and Bob said to Bill, "Look, Bill, I'm gonna, you know, what are we gonna do? I don't want you not to be a Patriot. I want you to stay here. It wouldn't look good. You know, it. you don't want to leave. So let's let's give it a year. Let's give it a year and a half to see if you can get this thing righted." Otherwise, you know, we're going to move on. And when we move on either way, you know, we're going to make you a nice title, you know, yep. chief of football operations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you're going to delegate all the authority, but you're still going to be the big figurehead in here, here in New England. I, I just think that's probably where it went. So, Joe, my question to that would be, I'm sure they did talk about, like, what the out, like, what the seasons would be, like, how much longer Bill wants to do it. But I wonder if they even – had in the back of their mind, all right, what if the team goes four and 13? You know, like, I don't think that was even on their radar. Like, how could a Bill Belichick team ever be that bad? And that might be what we're looking at this year. And I wonder if that would change. I wonder if Bill's like, well, you said I could have two years. And Robert's like, well, I never thought in a million years you were going to be this bad. And then they have to make a, a break. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows about yeah. the variable? None of us expected. Right. Right. But but, you know, I, I do think they probably sat down and hashed it out and they probably thought worst case possible was a seven and eight season or six and nine. At right. the very worst. Yeah. They didn't think of what was what was in their face. For sure. All know, right. But I, I do think, you know, they, they discussed something. They agreed on something. It was all going to be, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy. And then, you know. You know, we weren't expecting this, but I, I don't I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm pretty sure they probably worked the rest of it out. Yeah, it's possible. And it's funny because Robert Kraft over the last few years since Tom Brady left, you know, in the in the few times that he has spoken and he's talked about goals for the team, he's kept moving it to like less and less and less. You know, it's to win a Super Bowl to or was it? I'm sorry. Maybe it was just to win a playoff game. And then it was to make the playoffs. And now it's like, all right, we're getting a little bit less, a little bit less. Now it's like, hey, just have fun. Like, I don't think, I mean, his expectations for the team have got to be just so much lower than they were before. But how much longer do you want to do that? You eventually got to pull yourself out of this, you know, regardless of who the the coach and the GM and all the players are going to be. Like, you're the owner. So... Yeah, I just wonder of all the scenarios that they laid out when they had these contract discussions, neither one of them thought the team could be this bad. I mean, this, is, this is brutal. Bill had back-to-back losses that were the most lopsided of his entire career, counting the Cleveland days. So, like, you can prepare for everything, right? But like the caller said, they're probably like, well, if you're good, it's not even a question. And if you're bad, what's bad? 500? That's what it's been outside of the very first year Bill took over. They were 5-11. and 11. Other than that, bad is like a game or two below 500. Like last year was bad. This is this is setting uh, a new standard. Uh, let's go to Dan in the car. What's up, Dan? Hey, Keith. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Just want to make a point and then weigh in on the Belichick thing. All right. I thought um, at fourth quarter when um, – after the fumble and then the touchdown, lost the lead. I think everyone who was watching that game said, here we go, right? And the fact that they came back from that, came down, marched down the field, scored, scored a touchdown, had to give that team great confidence. And I just I just wanted to bring that up. That was a big turning point. And all throughout the season, we've seen them crumble under similar circumstances, and they actually uh, rose up and, and, and performed at that time. So I give them a lot of credit for that. And I, mm-hmm. we'll see what that does for them and their confidence. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I think this is a team and, you know, Mac Jones in particular had, had had one fourth quarter comeback in his whole career. It was his rookie year against Houston. And, you know, so Houston's whatever, right? But Buffalo, even though they're going through something right now, still a good team. And I'm with the call. I mean, they were even when they were up, they jumped out to a ten nothing lead, which is very rare. They've only had two. They've only been uh, playing from ahead twice all season. Happens to be the two wins, and definitely in the back of my mind I was like, all right, how are they going to lose it this time? And then Kendrick Bourne fumbles. You know, the Bills score two touchdowns really quickly, and you're like, oh, that here it is, and now it's over. And then they march right down the field, and you're, as you're watching, you're like, hey, can they get into field goal range? And then a few plays later, you're like, all right, forget the field goal, like just go ahead and score, and they did, and they won. So yeah. That was that was huge. We hadn't seen that before from this group. So how do they how do they follow that up is going to be the big question. All right, one hour down, three hours to go here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEI. You can join us, 617-779-7937. Malik Cunningham cut by the Patriots today. What does it all mean? Andy Hart will join us coming up next.